The album before pricing has dropped and a lot of people are making a big stink about it. But that opens up the discussion to not just Diablo 4, but the whole industry. Are video games overpriced? Are they underpriced? What form of monetization is acceptable? Are we allowed to have in-game cash shops and battle passes, or should they be done away with? We talk about that and a whole lot more in episode 15 of the Potion Poppers podcast. Let's get it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Potion Poppers Podcast. I'm Chris, and I'm here with my buddy DJ Wicka Wicka William in the house. (laughs) How's it going, man? I'm jamming, bro. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, we're we're, we're just dancing before the podcast was going. Chris was listening to some some music, and I I couldn't hear it, but I was just dancing anyways. (laughs) It's a good time. <laughs> I don't need music to dance. You know, actually, when I was in high school, I used to like play songs in my head all the time. And like I would put my headphones in like by like habit, but then I wouldn't turn on my like MP3 player or whatever I had at that time. So I'd be walking home from school with headphones in my head and I'd be like dancing, but no music was playing. So everyone looking at me thought I was listening to music and jamming, but there was no music. And it's a couple of times we were like, what are you listening to? I'm like, oh, I'm, nothing's playing. I'm just dancing. <laughs> Just to the music of life, man. Yeah, I got my own rhythm. Music. No, that's funny, man. I love dancing. I love dancing, and it's true. He couldn't hear. He couldn't hear the music I was listening to (laughs) when we were starting. I was trying to figure this out because, um, in order to save myself some time on the editing side, I'm trying to do more stuff inside the recording, so it's just all recorded at once, right? So I don't have to piece things together. And we can't figure out how to get it so that Will can actually hear the record, like the intro music. So I'm over here jamming to the intro music, and he just he's he's just left out. Yeah, <laughs> he's just he said left we couldn't out. figure it out. I could figure it out. I just did, haven't tried yet. Yeah, there you go. Well, we did find what we <laughs> believe is a solution, but it's going to take time to do. And like, screw that. We're recording. I can do it later. But. That's, you know, that, that is, that is what it is, but dude, dancing's awesome. I love dancing. I don't understand people who don't dance. Actually, I do. I think people who don't like dancing, it's insecurity because they don't know how to dance, right? Mm -hmm. Because you feel stupid when you don't know how to dance, right? But if you actually, you know, have some moves and you, and you know how to dance, um, or you just don't care, you're secure enough with yourself to just let yourself move with the music, then you enjoy it. Um, so I think it's a, I think it's an insecurity thing. People feel dumb when they're doing something that they think makes them look stupid. I think I'm on the opposite side of the spectrum. I'm too cocky. Like I'll go to a rave and I'm like, bro, I am the best dancer here. Let's go. <laughs> I used to have a dance group. So, you know, I, I led, um, led dance. I re- had a group for the Melbourne shuffle. It was called team kinetic. Um, I remember so that. Like, yeah. We would have meetups every weekend and, uh, go to raves and stuff like that too. So. Um, so I was pretty confident. So like, I just tear it up. Yeah. And in man. my mind, everyone else that dances, I'm like, bro, you you don't even know. <laughs> you think <laughs> you you're don't good. even know, yeah. man. I'm, I'm amazing. On another level. <laughs> no, I I I was pretty good. I I'm pretty good at it, but I'm I know there I'm not awesome. You know what I mean? Like when I watch videos right. of other people that break dance and stuff like that, I'm like, dude, like that's another level. Um, but I know I'm I'm 
better than 98.5% of the population, probably more than that, right. 99.5% of the population uh, when it comes to dancing. Um, just because it's not something that people do very much anymore. You know what I mean? Like right. back if in the just day. Try, you'll be better than a lot of people. Well, yeah. I mean, and that, here's the thing. So I was actually having a conversation with, uh, with a lady friend of mine this week about meeting people and about online dating and stuff like that. And the topic turned to people don't do social things anymore. You know, before television and um, the internet, video games and all this stuff, for entertainment, it, everyone was super social. You would go places to spend time with people, and that was your entertainment. They would do barn dances, and they would do, um, you know, you'd, you'd go hang out at, at the sports bar, even if you weren't drinking. Like, you, there were hangout spots that people would go to. I remember being a kid, like, we would go to the roller skating rink Every yeah. single Thursday, <laughs> it was, it was the place to be when you were in middle school in sixth, seventh grade. And that's where you met girls. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um, but there was music and arcades and like people, it just roller skating rinks are dead. People don't go out. They don't go out anymore. They go to work, they come home, they're exhausted and they just sit in front of the TV or play video games or, or read or whatever, but they don't go anywhere. I got a cool thing about, uh, so our local skating rink, uh, went out of business some time ago. Um, they got bought out by a church, I think. So it's a church now, but, uh, they auctioned off all their old stuff. So, um, my fiance actually bought for me the, uh, the arcade sign from, uh, from the skating rink. And it says gaming area, no refunds, play at your own risk. And I have that <laughs> hanging in my garage by my DDR machine. And it's so cool. Cause it's a piece of local history, you know, like I that saw that cool. sign, like, Every week we went to the roller rink, you know, and it's now in, it's in my garage. So I, I'm super uh, glad to have that piece of history. <laughs> roller worship Friday nights. <laughs> <laughs> nice, dude. I'd do it. Jesus yeah, on wheels. That would be <laughs> Jesus on wheels. <laughs> That's the best. They should have churches do that. You got a little roller rink in there. Oh my gosh. Roller skating yeah. worship. It's, that it's is so funny. They like a lot of them went out of business because, like, I mean, sure, there's more at home entertainment these days, but like, you can't really roller skate at home. And I guess you could roller skate on the road, but that's not the same, you know. So, like, I feel like it should still be a viable business, but I guess it's just not. People just don't go out, you know. It's how people yeah. get their entertainment. <clears throat> I think a lot of it is, I don't know. People seem less happy nowadays too. I don't know if it's just me, but people seem way more stressed out. They seem way more unhappy. Maybe it's maybe it's maybe it's the food we eat. Maybe it's what we put into our minds. I don't know what it is, but I think inflation are is unhappy. a big part of it too. Yeah. Everything costs more and wages haven't gone up that much. I mean that that's enough to stress anybody out. Yeah, that's 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 an issue. We've kind of touched on touched on some economic stuff on you know, last few episodes, which no surprise, uh, we're actually going to be talking about economic <laughs> stuff today. If you've listened to the intro, you already know what we're talking about um, with uh, with uh, the pricing of video games and stuff like that. Which, in all reality, I've got I've got a lot of ranting to do uh, about this topic when we get to it. But yeah, man, it is what it is. I want to get out more. I want to do more things out socially with people. Um, mm -hmm. I've only got really one week, uh, every other week that I can do stuff with people, um, with my kids because they're, I have my kids Sunday through Sunday and then 
they're with their mom Monday through Saturday, and then I have them Sunday through Sunday. So it's I have them eight days on, six days off. Um, but during the six days off is really the only time I can do anything because of going to work, coming home from work, you know, hitting the gym, making dinner, getting everything done for the kids, and then it's bedtime. You know what I mean? Like that's my schedule. Uh, and dude, that that's the thing that sucks is. And again, we, I think we talked about this last week or the week before, but with AI, when we did our AI episode, talking about the hours, the number of hours people work, mm-hmm. like I would love to make just enough to be comfortable. You know what I mean? Have my, right. uh, my needs met with a little extra to be able to do some fun stuff and work 30 hours a week, as opposed to make double that and work 40 hours a week. To me, my time is disproportionately valuable compared to money. Um, So, yeah, I I used to be very ambitious. I used to, you know, want to have all the riches. I'm like, I'm going to buy a Lamborghini. I'm going to get Rolexes. And, you know, somewhere along that journey, I realized, like, what's the point of having like a Lamborghini if you have to work 100 hour weeks to pay for it? You know, I'd rather work, you know, a 10 hour week and just have enough to get by, you know, because then your time is your own. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the thing is, um, one of the things I'm working on right now is paying off debt. I'm paying off as much of my debt as humanly possible. I've got a a small personal loan and a credit card, and then I've got my car and obviously my house. But I look at my monthly payments and I'm like, okay, if I pay off this credit card, I'm essentially giving myself a raise. If I pay off this Mm -hmm. loan, I'm giving myself a raise. And then if I pay off my car, I'm giving myself a raise. You know, my, my car payment's like almost $400 a month. That's the equivalent of $4,800 raise just by paying off my car, you know? Yeah. So it's one of those things that as I've gotten older and experienced how much it sucks to have debt, like I have no desire to buy expensive things, you know, and go into debt for things because I'd rather have the disposable income. um, And well, unfortunately, I can't just like we talked about last time, I can't just tell my job. I'm making enough. I'm working 30 hours a week now. (laughs) You know what I mean? They're like, well, you can try to work 30 hours a week somewhere else because we're going to hire someone. It depends on the job though. Like some jobs you can do that, especially in the current economy where there's a labor shortage, you know? So, you know, especially, I feel like, especially with like labor jobs right now, you can just make your own schedule because you can be like, I'm going to work 20 hours a week or I'm going to quit. And then you know, people that are dealing with labor shortage are like, nope, we want you for any amount we can get you. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I mean, yeah, because for me, even even going to work earlier would be awesome, like changing the hours I work. If I could mm-hmm. work eight hours straight from seven to three, that would be great because then I'd be off work at three o'clock. I've still got a bunch more time. You know, I'd still have to go to bed, you know, 10 o'clock so I can get up at six and get to work by seven. But like th- to me, that would be fine. Um, but I think it's just getting out of work later, like being at work at eight and then leaving at five, that sucks because it's technically nine hours because you have an hour mm-hmm. lunch. And then you're home at five thirty, six o'clock. I'd work out six, you know, six thirty. And then the, the day is just gone. There's nothing to do. So I think for me, eight hours straight or seven hours straight would be great. Being done by two o'clock, seven to two or seven to three. Um, and then just having the rest of the day. Like that's perfect for me. It's kind of like being back at school, right? When you're a kid, you go to school, you'd be done with school by like three, um, seven thirty to three or whatever it was. Like that was fine. Yeah. But I value my time so much more 
then I value money, which again ties in. We'll we'll talk about more of that um, when we talk about our topic. Um, Welcome to the Potion Poppers Economics Podcast. <laughs> pretty much, it's weird. We talk we touch on a bunch of stuff, but this is totally well, relevant to business video games and pricing of video games and things like that. But before we get into that, let's talk about what we've been popping in our first segment, which we call "Was Poppin' Playa." So, William, was poppin', homie? Was poppin'? What dude, have you I've been, been popping. I've been popping some good old classic red health potion. Um, I am. I, yeah, I jumped in on the Diablo Four Server Slam uh, beta last weekend, so mm. um, so that was fun to do. It was. Uh, I thought it was all weekend, and uh, Saturday is when I play Dance Dance Revolution with my friends, so that's out. So we played on Sunday, and um, apparently the Server Slam started or ended like mid Sunday, so I only got to play for like an hour and a half, and then the Server Slam was over. Um, but but it was fun. I, I enjoyed it. It's been. Uh, been a while since I played Diablo game. Um, eleven years actually. Um, my my wow. friend Jimmy was telling me, uh, it's like, yeah, you just need to uh, log into the the battle net, and uh, he's like, you're on my friends list. You have an account. It says you haven't been on a, in eleven years, and I was like, hmm, is that when Diablo three <laughs> came out? And he's like, yeah, it sounds about right. <laughs> that is so funny, man. Yeah. Okay. Um, Diablo. That's awesome. Yeah. And we're gonna talk about Diablo. In fact, Diablo. Uh, Diablo 4 is the thing that made me want to talk about pricing because there's a whole, there's a whole thing with Diablo's pricing that a lot of people are mad about, but, um, yeah, man, Diablo 4 is a lot of fun. I played the, just the beta thing, not the server slam. I, I'm like Mm. you, I found out about the server slam literally Sunday afternoon. I was like, eh, I already played it. You know, I already (laughs) got a character to like levels 18 or something, almost to 20. Um, during the normal beta, but, um, yeah, it's a fun game. I actually really like it. Yeah. I enjoyed it too, but I'm not going to buy it, which will, I'll tell you why in about 10 minutes. So I'm going to wait for it to go on steam sale. (laughs) It well, Diablo's not going to go on steam sale. Here's the thing. I know I didn't, I didn't even play Diablo (laughs) because it was too much Diablo three because it was too much money until it went on sale for 10 bucks on on the battle net store. I was like, Oh, I'll buy it now. And that was, well, good that to was know literally that go, a year ago. <laughs> like, it's good to know that they I go on just sale. played so it I'll, and beat it. I'll wait. And you know, maybe I'll just get Diablo 3 because, you know, I played the demo for Diablo 3 and that was a lot of fun. But then I never bought that one either. So maybe yeah. I'll keep an eye out for uh, a discount on that one. Well, I love top-down looter action RPG games. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, right. Loot fountain games. They're so fun. Um, I've always loved it. Diablo 2 was my first foray into it and I fell in mm-hmm. love with it, um, which actually ties into what I've been popping because... Um, I've been playing a ton of PoE, Path of Exile, which is hmm. still the best action RPG loot fountain game out there. I, no, even I still like Path of Exile better than Diablo 4. Um, <laughs> Path of Exile just is the, the best, best version of Diablo. It's the <laughs> best. It's the best. It's the best. And it, it, the thing is, you need to, if you're willing to learn a little bit about like the skill tree and stuff, then, then that's, you know, then do it. Um, if you're not willing to learn, then just look up a build, just look up a build, um, and say, Ooh, I want to do a chain, chain lightning build and then follow what it tells you to do for the skill tree. Like you don't have to learn all the ins and outs of how it works. You can just do what someone else has done. You know what I mean? Um, but it's so, mm, so freaking awesome. But, um, as I was playing it, I was looking at, you know, Diablo and, um, I was like, I wonder what other alternatives there are to path of exile that are really good 
Um, and I found a, a couple that I, I was interested in. Uh, Last Epoch, uh, which I believe is in beta right now. Um, and I wanted to do that, but I didn't because it's 35 bucks. I'm like, yeah, it's a little too much for me, um, at least right now. And then I was like, okay, there's another one called Wolsen, W-O-L-C-E-N. Um, and it, I just had, think of like Castaway, Wolsen, Wolsen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but on Steam, it's got mixed reviews, like 50 50. And when it came out, it was just hammered uh, because it was a buggy, buggy mess. I watched reviews about it. And, you know, so I watched some of the reviews from the original when it first came out. And then I watched some, you know, is it good in 23 kind of, kind of reviews. And based on what I've, you know, watched, it was like, you know, the bugs are gone. Uh, there's certain things about it that people don't like. But if you're okay with this, then, then you'll probably like it. And I was like, okay. So I looked it up. Um, and here's the thing about Steam games uh, for console players. One of the reasons I love PC games and Steam games is uh, they're cheap. You can get them really, mm -hmm. really freaking cheap. Uh, one of my I favorite never buy sites, a Steam game in full. I always add them to wish lists and just wait for them to go on sale because they go on sale often. Like sometimes I just have to wait like 10 minutes and it's on sale. <laughs> well, this is my process. I find a game that I'm interested in on YouTube or wherever, and then I check the price on Steam. And then no matter how di deeply discounted it is, I then go to Google and I look for, like in this example, Wilson Steam Keys. And I look at three or four different sites. I look at ENEBA, G2A, um, Kingwin, and... All key CD shopper, all CD shop or something like that. I think it's all something shop because they sell Steam, global Steam keys. You can get them freaking super cheap, super cheap. Not all games, but some games you can, I would say most games, you can get much cheaper than even Steam or even sales on Steam. So I always check that first. So Wilson right now, I believe um, on Steam is like, I have to look it up, but I think it's 20 bucks. Let me see real quick. Um, it's $40 right now on Steam. Okay. I went to ENEBA or G2. I don't remember where I got it. I think I got it um, on ENEBA. $13. On Steam, it's $40. I got it for $13. Um, so I was like, hey, that's, that's worth it. That's the way it. to do it. That's the way to do it. So for anyone looking for cheap ways to get games, that's what you do. Look at Steam and then compare it to what's available on ENEBA, G2A, Kingwin, like, like Penguin, but with King instead. Um, and then it's like all key shop or something like that. And see if you can find a, a cheaper version. But you need to be careful, okay? Do not buy a Steam account version of the game because that's <laughs> buying a Steam account. Make sure it is a global key or a North America key. Just make sure that it's the key that's available for your region wherever you are like there are some european locked keys so it's only available if you live in europe that kind of stuff okay so make sure that it's compatible either global or north america or europe depending on where you live you and can then also look up you buy it there because when i first saw this i was like this is shady like this seems shady i looked at i it, I, I took a lot of time I, I did research i'm like is blah 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 site legit and everything I was fine. Like, yeah, it's good. It may seem sketchy, but it's good. And then I, I tried it once. And hallelujah, the key I got worked. <laughs> I was like, awesome. And then from then on, this has been my process. And it has saved me a ton of money. I do this for software too. Um, like Adobe Photoshop. 
Photoshop like 2020 or 2019 or whatever I have. Um, when I bought it, it was it, Adobe Photoshop. It's like 160 bucks, 150 bucks. I got it for 40 bucks by doing this. Same thing with Illustrator. I got Adobe Illustrator, full Illustrator 2019 for 30 bucks because nice. I bought it secondhand. I didn't buy it from the site. Anyways, um, but yeah, that's so my you, process. You can also look up uh, how often things go on Steam sales. So that's what I've been doing. Yep. Um, some games go on sale like every weekend. So like I see one of those, I'm like, all right, I'm just going to wait till the weekend and then snatch it up. Yep. Or Humble Bundle. I like mm -hmm. Humble Bundle because a lot of times if I don't see a game that's a great deal, but it seems like it's more like an indie game, like it'll probably show up on Humble Bundle at some point, which is how I have 1,300 or whatever games I have, you know? So anyways, um, those, are, those are our recommendations or my recommendations at least uh, for how to save money with your PC games. Um, but I can't, I can't help you with console. I, I, I just can't. Um, get Xbox Game Pass. That's my help for console. Um, I love Game Pass. It's awesome. And Game Pass also works on your PC, BTW. Um, oh, because Microsoft. Yeah, so you can play uh, almost every Xbox game is also on PC. So you can just put it on your PC. But if you're planning on modding anything, then it won't work Dude, because I'm so Microsoft glad. locks all of their files, everything you download for Microsoft. Um, maybe not for Game Pass, but... Um, for most games, like anything from the Microsoft store, it's oh, the files are all locked. You can't modify them or touch them. Huh. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I'm so glad that like PC games are actually like being released as like a main thing these days. Cause like yeah. back in the day, the PC version always came out like six months to a year after the console version. And I always hated that. So I'm glad. Well, that they do that to sell games. You know what I mean? And to sell games. No, they twice. do that to avoid pirating. Because if no, they release fair. on PC right away, they think they're going to pirate a bunch of them and then everyone's going to do that instead of buying it on console. Um, but I think that they kind of have a better hold on that now. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a perfect segue into our topic for the day, which is we're actually talking about um, video game monetization, pricing, and how game companies are making money now. Because the main thing that brought this on, and we actually called an audible because we were going to be doing something different. But literally, was it was last night? Was it last night or was it? Yeah, the other day. I think so. I, I was like, "Will, let's talk about game pricing and specifically uh, segueing into Diablo, Diablo Four, because there is a whole hullabaloo and stink about the pricing for Diablo um, that people are throwing. Well, some people are throwing, and all these accusations. And one of the things that that really got me onto this is. Um, I was watching Asmongold, okay? Asmon, whatever you want to say. It's Asmongold. And he was talking about the pricing for Diablo. And his, like listening to some of the things that the chat were saying, I'm like, it, it's it, it just like so much of it bothered me so much because it's inconsistent. Like mm -hmm. when people make choices about things or take stances on things, it's not based off of a core value. It's based off of what they want for them. Yeah. Right? It's not based off of, oh, I believe everyone has the right to blah, blah, blah. No, it's like, I want this, so it should be this way, so it's most beneficial for me. And then it's different in another situation because that way is more beneficial, even though the values conflict. So Yeah, I, 
I know what you're saying. Like I, I have probably a unpopular stance. I'm not sure that like, if a game is good, they deserve your money. You know, I am happy to pay a premium price for something that gives me a premium experience. Mm -hmm. So, you know, people are like, oh, it's too expensive. This should be cheaper. But it's like, well, you want it, don't you? So, <laughs> I mean, it should be cheaper if nobody wants it because that's how marketing works. They'll lower the price to try to get people to buy it. But if it's a good game, I don't know. And there's obviously exceptions to it, but I, I, I think you should be, have to pay for a good game. Yeah. So uh, for those of you who don't know, Diablo 4 has three packages. Um, the first package is the basic game. It just comes out. It's the, it's, I want to say the basic game. It's the full game. It's the game. Okay. You're mm -hmm. buying the game retail. It's uh, $70. Okay. $69.99 for the regular game. Okay. There is a second package that you can buy, which is $80. Okay. $79.99. And that gets you four days early release. Okay. So you get to play the game for four days before anyone else who doesn't buy this package. And people are throwing a stink about that. There's another package we'll talk about in just a sec. But, okay, William, I want to know how you feel about that. How do you feel about paying extra money to get access to a game early? Hmm. Well, I guess it depends on the context. If it's something where it's like a massively online, then it's kind of gives the early players an unfair advantage um, on their character. But if it's not something that affects like multiplayer, I don't have a problem with something like that. Um, okay. Well, Diablo 4 does have multiplayer elements. There's mm -hmm. definitely multiplayer in there. So are, do, you, do you disagree with, the, with Blizzard's decision to offer it? I don't know. I think I'm probably somewhere in the middle. Um, I don't know enough about, I guess, the, the game yet to really... Because, like, if it's the kind of thing where, like, everybody's trying to race to, like, you know, the final boss, get the high level, or, like, it's really competitive and like that, then I would be really demotivated as someone who didn't get the early access to try to catch up to all those players. Mm. So I wouldn't like that. I don't so know. Do it think? sounds like you do not like the idea of paying for early access. Then. In this case, yes. Okay. But I th do think it's Why? a case basis. So you, you mentioned catching up to everyone. In the case of Diablo 4, um, why does that matter to you? Hmm. Actually, in this context, I don't know if it would bug me that much because they have that uh, new level scaling thing where you can play with any party member and then the enemies just scale locally to you. Okay. So I guess it's not really about an advantage of trying to get one over somebody. Um, but you're cooperative. Yeah, you're playing cooperative with a party member, right? Yeah. So they be them being a higher level shouldn't have a negative impact on you, right? Right. So then... Why, why would it bother games, you for someone else to start In other early? games, that would be an issue because then you're way under-leveled compared to the other characters, so you're not it's fighting the same kind of enemies. But in this, it okay. automatically levels out, so that doesn't matter. Um, how so does you, were thinking this, you were thinking along the social side of things, right? Being able to play with your friends and not being at the same yeah. level um, so you wouldn't be able to play with them until you caught up. That's kind of That was your initial thought as to why. Yeah, I was like also it. thinking... I don't think Diablo has any kind of free market, does it? But if in some no. in some MMOs, like you know, somebody could try to get a head start to try to get these end game items and then sell them to other players for a lot of money. 
Um, so that's another, I don't know. So I don't know. I, I'm, I'm kind of, well, then here's, here's another question impartial. for you. <laughs> if, why would it bother you for someone to offer something for sale, um, at a high price? Because would the person that got it first, did they have the option to buy it? So if you started at the same time as them, would buying it even be an option for you? What? So someone starts early. Let's say you start later than everyone else, okay? And there's an open market. I think Diablo does have some kind of marketplace, player-to-player um, mm -hmm. -player trading. I believe there is a market like Path of Exile. Um, Path of Exile doesn't technically have a market, but you can sell stuff to other players, right? So let's say... Player one, you you start at the exact same time as everyone else. You're an early player, okay? Mm -hmm. And then there's another person who starts four days later, okay? So William one and William two. William one starts, well, let's say, we'll, we'll start with the person who starts late, okay? You start later than everyone else, and all these high-tier items are now on the market, okay? So you have the option of buying these high-tier items at a high cost, Okay, but if you started, um, so you have the choice of, of, of either buying them or not, right? But if you started with everyone else at the very beginning, do you even have the option to buy it? No. Then why does it matter if it's an option for other people later? Like, why would that be an issue? Because un unless it's a pay to win, like, like, yeah, because what I'm thinking about is, yeah, that's. People and and this is this is what I don't understand. People and Asmund Gold and his chat like it was like we're at a disadvantage. We're at a disadvantage. This isn't a competitive game. This well, isn't a. There is some PvP, but it's not like a huge element of the game. You know what I mean? The mm -hmm. mo the majority of the game is PVE and dungeons and stuff like that. It's all cooperative play. So why does it matter if someone is for? four days ahead in mm -hmm. in six months that four days isn't going to matter at all like it right. won't make a difference so why do you care so much if someone starts has the option to pay twenty dollars you don't have to pay the twenty dollars it's an option to and then if they start earlier guess what that just gives you the option of buying high tier gear without grinding for it like the people who started earlier than you it sounds to me like the people who pay more are the ones who are at a disadvantage because they don't have any options they spent $20 more to start. They got a four-day start. That doesn't matter in three, in a month. In a month, it's no longer an issue. And everyone's going to forget about it, right? So they're paying more money to have a insignificant advantage in a game that is cooperatively based, majority-wise, in, in, uh, in the long term. You know what I mean? It's mostly cooperative in multiplayer. And then... I mean, they, they don't even have the option to buy the tiers, right? They're, they're the ones grinding and doing all the work in the beginning. So you just have fewer options by spending more money in the beginning. So that's where I don't understand why people are mad about the mm -hmm. pay $20 for earlier access. I, I believe what I think is people feel like they're being mistreated or treated. And I know actually this is something that they said is they're being treated like lower class citizens because they can't afford the extra 20 bucks, which is not true. 100% not true. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rant. I'm, I'm taking the microphone, Will. 
Okay. When was the last time you threw a stink about buying a car and there being different price tiers for that car for different packages? It's the exact same freaking thing. It's the same car, except the other cars have a few more features, right? There's tiers and pricing. That's the same thing they're doing here in Diablo. You pay for one package, you know, you get the, you get, you get the base game. You pay for the next package, sure, you get early access and, and a couple of extra cosmetic items. Who cares? Right? Right. And, and here's the thing. If you complain about it, but then you drop the money, that's your own freaking fault. That is your fault. Okay? You are telling Blizzard that the pricing is good. It's worth it. Because not you're not just buying the game at this point. You're buying, I think it's the fear of missing out, right? It's, I want to be there day one when all my friends are playing. I want to be able to say, I have been playing and I can tell my other friends who don't have the game that, oh, this is awesome and, and it's a little social thing, right? So you're saying that the $20 is worth the bragging rights. It's worth the inclusion in that group of, of the exclusive people who get to play it before the base game. But there is a cost to that. And you are telling Blizzard it is worth it to you because no matter how much you gripe and complain, in the end, you're dropping the money. So yes, it is worth the $90 because you're freaking paying for it. So stop complaining about the price of something that you're obviously willing to pay for because the value, if it wasn't worth the price tag, then you wouldn't spend the money. So stop complaining about it. Either don't buy it because it's not worth it or shut up and stop complaining. That's my opinion on it. You're voting with your yeah. money. You can gripe all you want. But as soon as you drop the money, you've made your vote and you agree with Blizzard on the pricing as soon as you open your wallet. Right. If it wasn't worth it, nobody would buy it. Yeah, exactly. And if it wasn't worth that much to you, then you wouldn't spend the money. So stop. <laughs> stop complaining. You may not like it, but the fact that you're putting the money down means that it's worth the value and Blizzard is accurately pricing their product. Yeah. So my, my stance is that um, I, I actually like the idea of having different price tiers um, so long as it doesn't give a unfair advantage. Right. So yeah. I think you threw me a little bit of a loop talking about the early access part of it, because I'm like, well, that could give an unfair ex advantage. But when it comes to the standard, the digital deluxe and the, the ultimate packages, those are all mostly cosmetic things. So I have yeah. no problem with that at all whatsoever. And I actually like it because people who are ultra fans of the game that want everything, you know, they can pay the higher tier and get more out of the game. But somebody who's more of a casual with Diablo like me, like I don't need the full experience. I'm happy buying the low package because I'm not going to put enough time into that game to really be worth having all those cosmetics and things like that anyways. And I think having those options actually um, generally brings down the price of the base price. Uh, if there was only one option for the game, it would be higher than it is now. Because game producers they have a cost right they're putting a lot of money into you know designing and hiring staff and, and doing all the testing and everything so um they need to be able to make a certain minimum and if they're only giving one package that base package would be higher so by offering tiers allows casuals to get it for less which i really appreciate yeah and you know let's talk about the pricing of video games the historical pricing of video games because um i, I I'm, I'm with you though like i don't like the price okay 
I guess here's, here's the distinction. I'm one of the people who complains about the price, okay? But I'm not one of the people who's going to buy it. I'm the person mm -hmm. who's like, this is not worth it, therefore I'm not buying it, okay? So yeah. I don't like the pricing. And it's clear because I'm not willing to spend $70. I'm not willing to spend 60 bucks. Like, shoot, I just, I I just showed 20. you Wilson. Wilson was $40. I wasn't, spend, I wasn't willing to spend 40 bucks. Like, my pricing Dude. range is literally like up to 20 bucks because I wanted to of buy the selection. There's, you can buy so many games. $70 for one game, or I can spend that $70 and get four games. So awesome there's this, games, too. There's this puzzle game called Hexels that I wanted to buy, and it was like $3.99. I was like, no, thank you. And I added to my <laughs> wish list, and the next day it was on sale for $0.89. Cents. I'm like, all right, let's go. <laughs> there you, yeah. But that's, but that's what I mean, right? Like, I agree. I don't like the pricing of video games. I think they're too expensive, um, like for AAA, brand new AAA games. But here's the thing. They're not actually too expensive, okay? Um, so let, let's do a little history lesson, okay? Uh, William, can you tell me how much uh, Super Mario World for the Super Nintendo was when it came out? Uh, like a new I don't copy. know. I bought it like, I bought my first Super Nintendo like 10 years after it came out. So if you like I bought my buy, Super Nintendo well, after I already had a GameCube. I think Super Mario World came with every console. So I, that's probably not a good, a good, uh, <laughs> a good one. So let's say Battletoads. All-Stars. Battletoads for the Super Nintendo. How much was a brand new copy? I have no idea. $60. Was it really? $60. I always thought like that, that era of games, like including Sega Genesis and stuff, I thought of the games were like 20 bucks each, but maybe that's just what I bought them for used <laughs> Blockbuster yep. with my allowance. <laughs> they were $60. Okay. How much do you think that is adjusted for inflation? Oh, geez. At least 120 <laughs> Probably more than that. Yep. It's doubled. So mm -hmm. the buying power of a dollar is half of what it used to be. So adjusting for inflation, video games used to be essentially $120 for the game. Just one game. But what happened is as time went on, the cost of production, the market, you mm -hmm. know, the demand and everything increasing and everything like that, like it just became cheaper and cheaper and cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. Um, as far as like actual costs, real costs, as opposed to dollars. So the price stayed the same, but incomes and everything else went up. So everything else went up, but video games always stayed the same. So it is long overdue for a price increase. So when people complain about a $70, $80 game, it's like, well, technically games should be more than that because mm -hmm. it's not, and, and games are way better now too. They're way yeah. better. And, I've got I will to, say, and the cost of developing a game is way higher, but the market is also bigger, which is why they've been able to keep, you know, the price relatively affordable as the market has grown. I, I've got a good analogy for that one. Um, I heard a thing one time, I, I'm going to get the numbers wrong because it's off the top of my head, but it was something along the lines of like, people are complaining how a house cost, you know, twice as much as it did 60 years ago or whatever, right? Um, it's a lot more than they, twice. <laughs> what they but what they don't talk about is like okay the average home is cost twice as much but the average home is four times bigger than it was 60 years ago you know so you're actually getting more value even though the overall prices is higher so again i'm getting the numbers wrong it was something like that but the point is the average house is bigger than it used to be um so if you get an average house you're actually getting more than if when you did so anyway same same thing with video games like you're getting way more out of it now there's so much more that goes into it with the, the design and the graphics takes way more 
to make a game these days. Yeah, games now are that like way it way more expensive to produce and they're much better than they used to be. And that's arguable because like if you go back like Super Mario World for the Super Nintendo is a gem. It is amazing. It holds up even today, especially with the retro style indie games and stuff right now that are coming out like aesthetics aren't necessarily the most important thing in a game anymore back when nintendo 64 and then xbox and right gamecube and all that was coming out it was all about the new graphics but we're at a point now where graphics are so good that it's like yeah the graphics are great but it's more about artistic style choice right um so those old retro games are now back in style and some of them are still amazing great mm-hmm. games um but even triple a graphics are getting easier to make because now you just got to get yeah. unreal engine which i think is free and then just like the ray tracing is all done automatically for you you know <laughs> yeah it's all it's all just programming and and uh and world building and doing all that stuff you don't have to create the graphics engine which is great right um but uh yeah so it's it's just one of those things that a lot of the quality of the product has gone up but the cost hasn't gone up the cost of producing it has gone up significantly but the market's also grown too there's all this um price and demand and cost like again getting into basic economics and business i don't want to go into that too much obviously i talk about it a lot in this in this show but um it's just worked out and video games are well overdue and the fact that people are willing to pay for the increased price just shows that yeah like video games have been underpriced for quite a while and it needs to needs to catch up but here's the thing there's also so much choice right? There's so many games out there. There's, you don't have to spend $70 on a, on a new Diablo game. Okay. Like you have options. Like if you mm-hmm. haven't played and beaten Diablo three, go back and play Diablo three. If you haven't beaten Diablo two, try Diablo two or even Diablo one. Like you can go back and play those games. You got path of exile, which is free to play and is better than Diablo three. And in my opinion, better than Diablo four from what I've seen so far, you know, it's just, you know, what you're paying for is inclusion. You want to be in the in crowd of people mm-hmm. who have played this, which makes a lot of sense for people who do this for a living, podcasters and YouTubers and you know news media members. And a lot of those people don't even buy the games. A lot of them get gifted CD keys. Um, or they're not even CD keys anymore. But they, a lot of them don't even have to buy it themselves. But it's just one of those things. Like when you're buying a game, you're not just buying the game. There's a lot more to it that goes into the decision-making process. Um, and you just need to decide, do I want to spend this on this game? Like, is it really that important to me that I play the new game? Or can I spend that money elsewhere or save that money and look at my Steam library of over a thousand games and pick another game that I already own that I haven't played yet? You know what I mean? Like, so decide how you're going to spend your time. Decide how you're going to spend your money and then be okay with it. And I just don't complain about it. You know, it may suck that things are getting more expensive because you want them cheaper. But that's kind of how life is. You know, you need to accept it for the way it is and decide how you're going to respond to it. Um, but I mean, that's, that's just how I feel. But video games are overdue for a price increase. They need to be more expensive. I think $70 is still inexpensive. I think video games mm-hmm. technically should be closer to the $100 range. And I bet the, I think the market would sustain that as well. Yeah, well, going back to what I was saying before, I think part of the reason that we haven't seen that is because of 
different tiers and DLC and stuff too, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so with DLC, it creates the exact same thing I was talking about before where the casual player can just play the base game, but someone who wants more out of it can get more out of it. But, you know, more than the price though, I have a bigger problem that it's not on Steam. <laughs> I keep my entire library on Steam and I hate having to get a separate launcher to play different games. So I have to have Battle.net to play Diablo or if I want to play Fortnite, I have to download what the Epic launcher and stuff. I'm like, dude, I just want one launcher. I don't want all these things. And they all try to boot up automatically on your computer. So you have to be like, no, you only exactly. open when I tell you to open. Exactly. And I, I think, I don't know. Maybe they have some valid reasoning behind it, but I think that there's no reason to not be on Steam. It gives you better um, exposure. Because, um, like, when I play, when I am playing Diablo, it doesn't tell my Steam friends that, like, hey, you're playing Diablo, you know? And that's that's a small thing, but, like, I'm always looking at what my friends are playing, and I often look up the games, like, ooh, what kind of game are they playing? Does it look cool? Do I want to get it? So that's free marketing. And sure, I guess Steam's going to take a cut that way, so they probably make a higher percentage having their own launcher. But then... Like, I don't know. I, I, I kind of see it as an ego thing. Like, Blizzard's like, oh, we're too cool for Steam. You guys have to come over here if you want to play our game. And I, I just get over yourself. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I agree. It would, it would be nice if all that stuff was on um, on one platform. But I mean, it, co- I it, do- costs, it costs money to be on Steam. Like, Steam takes a cut of it. So if, if you're a big AAA game producer dropping things like Call of Duty and Overwatch yeah. and, you know, Diablo, you don't need to be on Steam. That would cut into your revenue a lot. There's a lot of producers, though, that they'll have something on Steam and you can buy it directly from their website, which I, I like that because that way, if you really want to support the the producers of it, you can mm-hmm. do it that way. But, you know, again, for the, I don't know, like I can see it being exclusive for a while, like make it exclusive on your website or launcher for the first like six months or whatever. So you can really, you know, milk that. But then once the new purchases start to die out, Throw it on Steam because that's going to get you a lot of casual players that you wouldn't have got otherwise. Yeah, and pay for pay for a front page promotion because yeah. then people are like, "Oh, it's on Steam." You might even have people who bought it on your original launcher buy it again just so they can have. Oh, it on absolutely. Steam, you know, another um, thing that I do is when I do play games that have their own launcher, when I'm done with the game, I install uninstall the launcher. <laughs> me too. I hate having extra crap on my computer. So, how yeah. do you feel about the the ultimate? extra gold amazing maximum edition for diablo are you talking I mean, about the, I mean, ultimate I mean the edition or the that doesn't come edition? with the game yeah that's the collector's <laughs> edition yeah so if you didn't hear about this uh they have a collector's <laughs> edition which is a hundred dollars and it does not include the game you gotta and play the, the price game separately. right when you look at the pricing sheet it's got like the standard edition seventy dollars you know the ultimate edition or whatever the next edition the ninety dollars and then it's got right next to it the collector's edition so it's pricing the game like they're it's comparing apples to apples to mm-hmm. to a freaking empty lemon i think is how uh is is <laughs> is, is how i've heard it described but like it, it's it's it's, I don't really it's know. presented as if you're getting the game with it so they're, they're going to have, have any... a lot of pissed off people who buy it and are like why does the this hell? not have the game it's more expensive and yeah. you price you put it right next to all the other prices for the game so I haven't looked into it. Like, Shady, does bro. it have any crossover with the the ultimate edition, or do you have to like buy the ultimate edition and the collector's edition, essentially making it a two hundred dollar game? You have to buy both. Yeah, yeah. So the collector's edition doesn't <laughs> come with the game. That's so uh, funny. It should have been. It should have been like a uh, hundred and thirty bucks. 
It's like buying a ticket for the movies and then you buy your popcorn and stuff and be like, oh, sorry, your admission didn't include the movie. That's just to get you in. So you can just get you into the theater. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, hey, you could get. Yeah. It's so, so awful. Which is weird because from a marketing perspective, they probably did that to make it a lower price point. Right. It's easier to swallow, you know, a hundred dollars rather than two hundred dollars. It's a box. Yeah. But like, there's no point in doing that. Just price it at two hundred. And I don't know. Well, the cost of production and shipping for that, I can guarantee $30, they'd make a profit off it. They would profit off of that being $30 in addition to the digital download of a game. The digital download of a game. Yeah. They're not sending physical game. I mean, it should at least include like a fancy card. Like, okay, I think it would be worth it if it was, I still wouldn't buy it, but I think they would get people to buy it if. They did the box, and then the box came with the game. 150 bucks for the box plus the game. So it's still not quite as much as buying them separately because 170 for both, right? So 150 comes with the box. It gives you the full ultimate or whatever edition, the top tier, um, plus all the collector stuff. But they send you a CD key that is printed on a metal collector's edition Diablo card, mm. almost the, cool. the size of a credit card. It's metal, super fancy on the back. It's got your your engraved CD key. Like that would be, I guarantee tons of people would buy that just because of the novelty of that special collecting collector's card thing. And like have it like a, have the box be like a display thing. You open it up and then it, you know. It, Dude, what they should do. like a shelf piece. Well, they should do something like that. And then like once you beat the game, you should like mail in your key and they just engrave like a picture of your final character on it. That'd be mm. cool. Or the name of your character. Yeah. Well, I imagine for an both. additional twenty bucks, they could do that. Yeah, and I, I mean, people, like, I think people, people would, would be it. way into that. Like, it's like, oh, I get this special card, and when I beat the game, I can get my my character engraved on it. And so mail it's like it in, and yep, my journey. character's name, dude. That That'd would cool. that would print money. There are so many Diablo fans that would do that, because um, a lot of these Diablo fans are our age, and they make money. You know what I mean? And that's why uh, people are buying these ninety dollar, hundred dollar packages is because all the original Diablo fans from Diablo One. I played Diablo One when I was like. 11 or 12, you know? Um, so growing up and then Diablo 2 and then all that, um, th- we're all in our, our 30s to 40s, you know, twenty late 20s to, to early 40s, the original fans of the franchise. And we got money, man. You know, people our age, they got we got money. So I guarantee if they did that and made it like a special thing, that would, they, that would kill it. They would crush it. And they'd sell a ton of those. With the option, like you said, to get the engraving on it, um, like that, that would, they'd crush it. They'd make so much money doing that. And it's not that expensive. Like it wouldn't really cost them all that much. Like being in marketing mm-hmm. and understanding like how much it costs for promotional materials, if you're doing it on mass scales, like ordering a lot at a time, like just go on Alibaba and look at what's available. And if you work directly with um, some kind of manufacturer in China for custom tooling and stuff like that, um, it, it might be a little bit more expensive, but it's still super and cheap. Also, super cheap. Like each of, all, of these cards would probably cost them thirty cents to make these metal cards. And also, it's only thirty percent of the players are actually going to beat the game. And out of the people who beat the game, only half of them are going to bother sending it in to get it engraved. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, that's what I mean. Is if they if they invest, it's it's creeping commitment. Okay, for those of you who don't understand what that means, creeping commitment is basically you make an investment in something. And then later on, it asks you to invest more. And then you invest more. 
So you're slowly becoming more and more and more and more and more and more committed. It's a typical marketing uh, strategy. So like you start off by offering someone a free, like a free download or something. Oh, cool. Get this free download and, you know, join the newsletter, mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. You download it. You've already committed a little bit to that company. You send, and then they send you an email. Oh, hey, you know, get this thing, the blah, blah, blah for five bucks. And then there's other options in this. Like you can do this for five or 10 or 20. It's like, oh, then you spend the $5. You're a little more committed. And with every purchase, they upsell you a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more until you become this fan of this company because the more you action you take, the more votes you take towards uh, being part of something or being a fan of a company, the more likely you are to continue to, spending, to spend money on it and to spend even more money on it. It's called creeping commitment. And it's the same thing with relationships. Like, hey, can I borrow your pen? <laughs> Awesome. You know, oh, hey, do you mind if, um, could, would you mind answering this question for me? I don't know about this. Like getting to know a girl. Can I borrow a pencil? Oh, can, what does this mean? Can you explain this to me? Oh, cool. Hey, would you, do you want to study together? You know, you obviously know a lot about this. I think we'd be, ben it'd be beneficial. Awesome. Hey, you want to go out and grab a drink? Like it's creeping commitment. That's what it is. Little by little by little. It's a typical marketing practice. But bringing it back to Diablo 4, Obviously, buying the game is a big, buying that big package is already a big commitment. But once you buy the package and you have the option of when you finish the game, then you can get it engraved, right? So that will keep people who buy that big package, it will keep them around longer. So I think that would increase mm. the late game player base, it would increase the longevity of the player base. And then once they beat the game, creeping commitment, now I beat the game, I can send in this card. And then you send it in, there's another 20 bucks. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I purchased a thing. I might mm -hmm. as well beat the game. And it's like, oh, you I know, beat the game. I might as well send in the card. You know, it's it's just, it's it's creeping commitment. Speaking about longevity of playing a game, we haven't even talked about the battle passes yet. True. Uh, we do need to get to that. So, um, yeah, well, fill, fill us in. Why don't you tell us what, you, what you've uh, learned about the battle I know the that they pass. have battle passes. <laughs> uh, so I, I didn't do that much research, but I know that they have three different tiers of battle passes. Um, and I don't, I don't have a problem with it. It's, it's mostly uh, cosmetic from what I understand or entirely cosmetic, I think, but like, but nothing like none of this pay to win stuff, which I'm so glad we got away from that. Cause there was an era where there was like so much pay to win stuff and that's so garbage. Um, so, but I really like cosmetics, you know, especially a game I'm really invested in. It's really cool to get a skin for your character that like very few or nobody else has making your character unique. Um, so I, I've bought cosmetics for a lot of games that I play uh, a lot just to look cool. Yeah. And I'm seeing I'm the opposite because I don't care about cosmetics. Like <clears throat> I like to see the change in my character as I get equipment. I like the cosmetic of new equipment, the physical mm -hmm. change. I like to see progress. So for sense. me, I'm not a big fan of, of buying cosmetics unless there's no option for um, yeah. Unless the character doesn't actually change as it get new, gets new equipment. Most you know I mean? of my cosmetics, I feel like, are games like that. Like, I, I've got several skins in um, Dead by Daylight. Um, and, oh, well, also, a lot of them, a lot of the times I just buy characters. They're not skins. But I bought all the Resident Evil stuff because I love playing as Leon and Claire. I think that's so cool. Mm -hmm. um, even though I don't use any of their abilities that come with their character. I just put other characters' abilities on them. I just want to play as Resident Evil guys. Um, and then also, uh, I bought some skins for, um, for don't starve. Um, so that's really cool. And then you yeah. can get like skins for like, 
there's not really tiers in that game, but you can get skins for like the campfire and your backpack and armor and helmets. So um, I think that's super cool. Yeah, and I so the battle pass is going to include a number of cosmetic things. Um, so there's the the normal battle pass that just comes with the game. Um, battle pass is a way to monetize over time uh, and encourages future development of add-ons for the game. Okay, so if you think about traditionally games, and we'll go to Overwatch, the original Overwatch for this, because Overwatch, the Overwatch one did not have a battle pass. And oh my gosh, there's a bunch of news for Overwatch two right now. Um, with them completely dropping PVE, like the whole hero, tr the hero mode and all the skill trees and like the <laughs> destiny style kind of PVE that Overwatch 2 was supposed to be built on apparently is not happening, um, which I guess means I'm not going back to it. Uh, but anyways, um, but the battle pass, it, okay, so in Overwatch 1, there's no battle pass. You bought the game and it was supposed to be a live service game getting updates and stuff like that. But... After a game's been out for a while, obviously sales decrease. And then what happens to the money to develop the new stuff for the game? There is no money. Therefore, the game either gets shut down completely. Well, that's usually just what happens, right? Um, even if there's a, a large concurrent player base, if you don't have a way of making money from that player base, then you don't have the money to keep the game running. Therefore, you close it, right? Because again, Game companies are a business. They need to pay people. They need to pay salaries. You work at a job. Guess what? If nobody, if there's no money coming into your company, you no longer have a job. So there needs to be a way for there to be money coming into the company. Um, so battle passes for Diablo, I think, are a great option for um, monetizing the people who care about the cosmetic things because it's not pay to win, but there are cosmetics available. Um, for the paid battle pass as well as the normal battle pass but it's an optional monetization um for cosmetic items that if you everyone knows how battle passes work but i think it's great i think it's a good idea um but i know a lot of people don't like it william how do you feel about the option of buying a battle pass in a game that you already paid 50 70 90 dollars well again when it comes to cosmetic like who cares <laughs> it doesn't change the fundamentals of the game it's just to look cool so at that point it's just an ego thing so if you're you're upset about paying something just to look cool then i don't know don't do it I so don't... that doesn't bother you that they're that there's a bat they're using a battle pass no. in a game you already purchased and, and a lot of them have free battle pass a free track too right yeah dead by daylight has that where there's a free track and i love that i get cool little cosmetics here and there but mm -hmm. i'm like hey if i wanted to have more cosmetics i could pay for it but i'm like i don't care that much about it right um although i don't know how i feel like i feel like i prefer it when i can just buy the skin that i want and not have to like you know earn it randomly mm -hmm. but i don't know i don't have a problem with it yeah and I think you can't, I think there's going to be, there is going to be a shop. There's going to be a shop. I'm sure you can buy cosmetic pieces and stuff like that too. Um, a lot of people are mad about it, about having a battle pass. I don't, I mean, I don't understand it. Okay. So let's go back to the packages for you real quick. So a lot of people are throwing a stink about the $90 package or the 80, yeah, it's $90 and then $100, right? For the collector's edition is $100 mm -hmm. or is it the ultimate's $100? I think they're both $100. They're both $100. Okay. So anyways. Um, people are mad about this, right? But here's the thing. If, if you didn't have a, you know, $80 and $90 option, would people be throwing a stink? 
Yes, because people always find something to complain about. Yeah, people would be complaining about the $70, right? Yeah. But but uh, people are throwing a, 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 a fit about the $80 and $90 options. And I've come to this mm -hmm. conclusion. People don't want options. <laughs> they don't want options. They complain about options. Because yeah. what happens when there's options, because they wouldn't be throwing as much of a stink if it was just $70, and it came out at the same time as the $70 game um and there was no additional cosmetics or anything like that no battle pass people wouldn't people would complain less you know i but I now that they have the option for it now they see something they could have and they're mad that they need to pay more for it when if it wasn't offered before then they wouldn't complain as much just having the opportunity to pay more for something that is available or something becomes available and it costs more they're mad about options because here's the thing those things cost money to make i know the skins and stuff is not that much but the reason they make those skins is to be able to have those up there but if they didn't have those additional packages they probably wouldn't make the skins mm -hmm. if they didn't have a battle pass they probably wouldn't be coming out with all these cosmetics and stuff like that you know they offer it's Again, basic economics. You make a product and you offer it hoping to make a profit off of it. But if you're not going to make money off of something, why would you make it? And that's the point of the battle pass. Do you want continuous content coming out for this game? If the answer is yes, then you need to support some form of monetization after retail. If you don't want any more content to come out to the game, then great. Diablo 2 is just like that, right? And and guess what? When they came out with an expansion, it wasn't free. You had to buy it because it costs money to make products. And you need to make money in order to get the money to make the products that you offer. It's simple. So I think people, as soon as they see, as soon as they see something that is available and an option, if they can't get it, it makes them mad. I, it's, uh, it's, I, I, there's a term for it. Do you know the term I'm, I'm grasping for, Will? There's a term for uh, when you see something, you immediately want it. Entitlement. Even it, it's, well, it, yeah, I think entitlement is a great word for it, but there's, there's an actual term. I, I'm, I'm having a hard time grabbing it. But, but yeah, that's, that's how I see it, right? Mm -hmm. um, is it's, an, it's, it's an additional opportunity that wouldn't be available. I'd rather have the choice than to have no choice. So that's why I'm okay with the package pricing because you don't have to do it. Just because it's available doesn't mean you have to buy it, you know? Just pick what you want, what, what it's worth to you, and then be okay with that. Um, because of someone else having, I think it's envy is another good word, um, jealousy. Um, but just because someone else has something that you don't, doesn't, it's not a bad thing. It's okay for people to have Lamborghinis and Ferraris doesn't make them bad people. Like you don't have right. to be jealous about that. Them having that doesn't hurt you. Right. Like if you take away it's all so of their money and people... all of their stuff, it doesn't benefit you. Like it, it, there's no benefit to you when someone else has less. Dave Ramsey has a quote that's like, what is too much? Too much is more than what you have. <laughs> you know, like people get mad at people who have a Lamborghini because it's better than their car, but you could be, but you take it the other way. It's like, oh, the guy that has a bike is mad at you for having a car. Yeah. And the guy that doesn't have a bike is mad at this guy for having a bike. Like, where's the line? Like, it's just stuff. 
It's envy and, and it's greed and it's entitlement. Yeah. I, I think it's so interesting that not just with games, but like on a larger scale, like people start, they look at things, they look at transactions as like an entitlement these days. Whereas I've always looked at transaction as a negotiation. You know, it's like, hey, if you give me 50 bucks, I'll give you this. But if you give me 70 bucks, I'll give you this and a little bit more. Like, how is that an unfair, like it's a negotiation, it's options as you're talking about, you know? So then, you know, the person who has more than you, you shouldn't get mad at them because you chose to not, not negotiate that higher amount, but the other guy put in more into that. So yeah, they have more than you, but they put more into it than you did. So they deserve to have that extra bit, you know? And it's, it's not just transactions. It's like, mm-hmm. I think about it with wages and stuff too. People can get entitled about their wages like oh i need to be making at least this much like no you make more when you bring more value to the company someone who makes more money than you is puts in more work in their company or at very least if they don't put in more work they bring more value to the company because i I always say that you know money is a transaction um transfer of productivity you know so if you need more money you create more productivity but anyways getting back to that economics podcast uh, i'll stop there (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm I'm like i'm like about to launch into this whole thing about the history of money and what it actually is and how it works and because the paper doesn't have any value it's it's just a lubrication for the the trade of goods and and services like all this stuff but we we won't go there but yeah I, i i i totally agree like i think you shouldn't be angry about the option to pay more for to get more you know what i mean and it's okay if you can't afford it then just be like oh well you know i can't afford it that's okay i still get i still get the base game i'm glad it's an option and i would argue you can afford it if you wanted to the issue is not yeah. af- can you the question is value like you if you wanted it bad enough you could find a way to get the money but you don't value it at that price so then don't buy it it still comes down to your choice yeah that reminds me of uh of i don't know if you did this in in your sales trainings will but uh, when i would train sales reps um I would, I would hold up a pencil and be like, okay, this pencil is a thousand dollars. Does anyone have a thousand dollars to buy this pencil? And everyone's like, no, you know, no one raises their hand. I'm like, okay, well, I've got a Lamborghini outside, brand new Lamborghini Aventador. It's a thousand bucks. Who can afford the, who can afford that? Everyone can afford that because <laughs> it's like, it's, it, there are certain things, obviously that I'm, I'm not saying that, um, you know, you can come up with any amount of money if you want it bad enough. That's not true. But within reason, um, it really is about value. Is it worth it to you or not? And like we talked about before, value is, is a complicated thing. Um, value to someone is different than the next person. Like um, Will bought uh, Hogwarts Legacy, brand new, pre-ordered it, right? Uh, did you, was it 70 bucks, Will? I don't think so. Um, but there, there's, there isn't no, it, the pre-order came with anyways, I was thinking about, I thought it was 70 bucks, but anyways, he pre-ordered Maybe Hogwarts is, legacy and it, to him, it was worth the money. So that is the value of that product to William for me. Nope. I won't buy that game until it's like 20 bucks. You know, but I probably it wouldn't mean if it's, I it's just, just hadn't for watched, everyone. I just watched all eight movies like a month before it came out. I'd never seen all the movies. So, and then we went to Disney World and uh, Universal and went to like the Hogwarts area Universal. So um, so for me, it was worth it because I was just on the Harry Potter kick all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. But if I uh, hadn't lined that up, I probably wouldn't have paid that much for it. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Um, but like, yeah, even like Resident Evil, I'm a huge Resident Evil fan. 
but I didn't buy Resident Evil 4 new because I was like, well, partially, I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to find the time to play that for a while because I'm other other games I'm working through. Um, so I'm like, I'm going to hold off and they'll probably be on sale by the time I am ready to tackle that one. Like, so, you don't have to play something because it's new, you know? Like, yeah. Play it unless it's, it's part, like I was saying, unless it's relevant to your yeah. industry or what you do, like, if there's a legit reason for it. Um, but everyone values different things um, and value is a complicated thing to, to process. It's the perceived benefit versus the perceived cost. So getting back to the, my analogy is like uh, the perceived value, um, what, the decision that people make for when purchasing something is their perception of value versus their perception of cost. And that um, is really what makes the decision. Okay. And it's not actual value because value is different for each person. It's a complicated thing. So speaking of value and your decision-making process for purchasing games or spending money on cosmetics, what do you have any criteria? Like how do you, what's important to you and how do you decide if a game is worth it or not? Like what are the things that you think about that influence your Hmm. decision? You know, the first one I think of, which may be counterintuitive to some people, but I think it's the reputation. Like I am much more likely to buy a brand new game, deluxe edition, if I've played like every game in the franchise, you know? Um, so I could see a lot of people going for those Diablo stuff if they played like every Diablo and they they love that. And I, I have, I've played two and three, but just like on a very casual level. Um, but again, back to the Resident Evil, I'm a huge Resident Evil fan. I've played most of the games and definitely all the modern ones. So like Resident Evil 4, I definitely want to play it. And Resident Evil 2 and 3, I did buy those new, uh, the remakes. Um, but the 4 remake, I was like, oh, I'm going to hold off for a little bit just because I had other games in the pipeline. Um, but now I'm rambling. What was the question? <laughs> um, what do you, like, how do you decide if a game is worth the money? Like oh. what's it, what qualities or traits or what do you think about? I'd also think about my how much I perceive that I'll play the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a tendency to play like two games a year, <laughs> maybe a little bit more than that. But like I play games to completion. So if, especially if it looks like a game like, OK, I could get 100 hours in this easy, you know, it, like and then you break down the you know cost per hour that you play. It's super cheap. You know, it's, you buy a game for 50 bucks, get 100 hours. You're playing for 50 cents an hour. That's some of the cheapest entertainment you can get. Yeah. And I was going to say, that's one of the biggest things for me is with pricing is I know how picky I am and I know that I already own a ton of games, right? So I do a lot of research about the game um, and I I look at, I know what I like and what I don't like, right? Um, So I research the game and see if it's the kind of game that I think I'm going to enjoy based off of my own, you know, long list of criteria that I have in my brain. Um, and then I compare that to the price, taking into consideration how many hours of time, like you said, I'm going to get out of it. So um, my general rule of thumb is I am willing to spend 50 cents per hour on a video game. Um, and that's why like getting into free-to-play stuff, I love free-to-play because I can play it and try it for free and then... If I'm, mm-hmm. if I reach the point where I've put 40 hours into it, I'm like, okay, I'm going to drop 20 bucks in the cash shop. Again, as long as it's not stupid pricing. Yeah. Um, if it's, if it's fair and it's like permanent upgrades and stuff like that. So anyways, uh, or quality of life, it depends on the cash shop, depends on the game. Um, but if I'm okay with the, with the monetization, then I'll drop money on it. Um, but 
a lot of people are different. You know, some people are like a dollar, two dollars an hour is 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 a good investment for them. Um, but mine is super low because I already own a ton of games. Uh, you know what I mean? Like if I'm gonna buy a new game, um, it it better have a higher value uh, for my time than you know digging through all the games I have to see if I can find one that I like. Yeah. Uh, so that's how I look at it, and that's how I spend my money. Because when I look at Diablo 4, 70 bucks, I'm like, am I going to get 140 hours out of this game? Knowing me, no, probably not. Very, very unlikely. Um, will I get 60 hours out of it? Probably. So once it hits around the $30 range, then I'll buy it because there are also great alternatives. I love Path of Exile. It's free to play. Path of Exile 2 is coming out. I've already sunk over 500 hours into that game, so I know I love it. It's mm -hmm. just like, I can just play that, a game I know I love, or I can you know, drop $70 on a chance, and 140 hours is a long time. So um, that's kind of how I look at it. Do I think I'm going to enjoy it? Is the price point low enough that I'm willing to take the gamble and expect to you know, get 10, 20, 30, 40 hours out of a game? Um, and then I, I say, well, yes or no. And so that's, that's kind of how I look at it. I think that's, I think, I think that's a, an easy and simple way to look at it with the, the time for money kind of thing. Um, mm -hmm. what's my price per hour and do I think I'm going to get that many hours out of this game for that price? Um, at least that's a very logical way of, of coming at it. Yeah. Yeah, I was like 300 hours into Don't Starve Together before I bought any cosmetics. But at that point, I'm like, <laughs> I love this game enough that I'm going to put like hundreds of hours more into this and might as well look cute while doing it. Well, and that's the thing <laughs> is it's also saying thank you to the developers, right? It's like you, I support with the things that I believe in and I love, right? I support it. So if yeah. you love a game and you're dumping hundreds of hours into it, show the developers that it's worth it to you, you know? Right. Help them know Especially and show them games. that vote with your dollars. I've been you getting know? into a uh, rhythm doctor lately. I like, you know, I, I, I mentioned it a few weeks ago on the podcast and I've just been playing it very casually, mm -hmm. but like I'm getting a little bit further in where I'm like, okay, this is really creative. It's got cool story to it. Like it's really well made. I'm like, this is a way better game than I realized. And then I actually looked online to see if they had a Patreon or anything. Cause I was like, I want to give them money. Like I already bought the game, but I want to give them money because I want more of this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. There there are certain monetization systems I don't like. Though. Like I'm not a big fan of the gotcha right. system. Like it's fun, but it's also really, it, it gets, it can get really, really expensive. Like I feel like the pricing is too high, but then again, I'm wrong because enough people are willing to pay it that they're making millions and millions of dollars with the system. Right? So They've just priced me out as a consumer, but they're making way more money than they would if they priced it lower to get me in, right? Um, but like, are there any monetization systems that you're like, this is just slimy, I won't support that? Um, right. Like any pay to win kind of stuff is just, yeah, I won't touch that with a 10 foot pole. I think pay to win in competitive games when it's when there's PvP elements, um, like if the pay to win in like yeah. New World. Mike, I, I, I hate that kind of stuff. Um, and like, but I the like, gotcha systems are because it's mostly PVE. Like that is basically pay to win. That makes even less sense characters. to me. Cause like, I like, I like hard games that I've talked about before. So to me, it just feels like cheating, buying higher gear to be stronger. I'm like, no, mm -hmm. if they don't, 
if I can't beat this with the in-game gear, that means I suck at the game. Like I'm gonna yeah. beat it on hard mode, you know? No, I like I like uh I like I actually enjoy gotcha systems, but I don't like the pricing for it. Um I like that kind of system if it's built into the game. I don't like I'm like you, I don't like pay to win systems. Mm-hmm. Um I like cosmetic like paying for cosmetics that's good i like that Mm -hmm. as an option because you don't have to do it um so like overwatch 2 has there's no pay to win at all obviously in in overwatch um so it's all cosmetic and they come out with these awesome skins you know um and i'm okay with that like in battle pass and things like that I i don't play overwatch 2 anymore but um i think their monetization system is a moral system and it's 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 done right. I I like that system, um, but I don't know, man. Like I like gotcha systems, but it's just I just don't like paying for them. <laughs> yeah. If, anything that is increases your performance, like you were saying, anything that increases the uh, your power level or your performance level by buying an item, I don't I don't like that. So, this that's is the only like- thing I really struggle. This is mostly with mobile games, but what do you think about the tactics of the, those games that have like so many ads that it forces you to buy the premium? <laughs> um, I, well, it's obviously I, your decision to buy it, right? I don't play mobile games. Like all yeah. those, all that crap, I it, it pushed me out. I'm like, screw this. I'm not playing it. It's the same freaking game formula for every game. And then it's just a, it's a casino, basically. It's a, again, it's that creeping commitment um, like their VIP systems. Oh, unlock this. Like they're so expensive. Like some of those like yeah. mobile phone games, like their subscription is $7.99 a week to not have apps. But it's a I'm small like, Are number. you kidding me? Oh, it's only huh? seven, it's only eight bucks. That's not a lot. But yeah. it's eight bucks a week. Yeah. What is that? That's like nearly 30 bucks a month for a stupid little like phone game that has like no mechanics to it. I, like, I hate sleazy crap like that where they understand yeah. psychology. And they're intentionally using it against you. I'm a marketer, so like, I know a lot of this stuff. But it's like it's like uh, being uh, as like as, as as deadly as a viper, but as as gentle as a lamb. You know what I mean? Just because you mm-hmm. have the knowledge or the ability to do these things, like you don't you don't use it for nefarious reasons. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like. It's like morality and marketing. And I feel like mobile games are the worst. They're just yep. the worst. They use all these systems, uh, addiction-based uh, systems and, and uh, using the chemical, like the way your brain works, the chemical uh, reward paths, it's just all, the, all that crap, all that crap. And they use it. And the thing is, it, it's used on kids. And there are mm-hmm. strict marketing laws about advertising to kids, but unfortunately... There aren't strict marketing laws about these how these games promote uh, advertising to you know their main player base, which is kids who have access to their parents' uh, credit card that's linked to their accounts. And yeah. I mean, it's just like that sleazy crap. I hate that. Hate, hate, hate that. I also hate auto renew stuff. Yes. Like anytime something needs to get paid again, like I want to pay it. Like I think auto renew is such a scam with anything like gym memberships mm-hmm. and stuff too like uh, yeah yeah my gym doesn't auto renew no i, 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 I buy ex- a year at a time and then when my year is done 
and I try to like scan in. They're like, oh, hey, uh, your subscription is over. Like, you need to. So I, I had a really bad experience with the gym where I had a one year membership. And then I am super aware of auto renew stuff because I hate him so much. So a week before it expired, I went in there, I talked to them and be like, I want to make sure that this does not auto renew. I don't want another year gem membership. I'm done here. And they're like, oh, don't worry. We don't do auto renew. I'm like, okay. Well, then I, six months later, I found out that it did auto renew and I've been paying that membership for six months. And I haven't been going to the gym because I, I was, so I, I made a fuss about that. Like I gave them, like a one-star review on like several different platforms. And I went in and made a fuss about it. And in my review, I was like, I was like, they will continue to charge you indefinitely. And I was like, if they refund me for the last six months, I will happily change this review. And um, I asked for refunds, never responded. So I didn't change my review because yeah. they're a scam. Yeah. But like, I, cause like it's, it's one thing if I just, for, for, it's one thing if I just forget about auto renew, but I specifically made sure that it did not auto renew and then it did like that's super sleazy yeah if you're in an auto renew on something like that on a monthly basis you can cancel it before the next renewal um just for everyone who may not know this you cancel it before the next renewal and then it just you still have access to it like in will's case with the gym you should still have access to the gym for the remainder of the month um because you already paid for that month's access and then your membership's already canceled so and if they tell you that you don't have to cancel because it doesn't auto renew, don't believe them. Yeah. Just say, okay, card. well, I, I still want to, because here's the thing. If it didn't auto renew, then you would be giving them permission every month. You know what I mean? You'd be like, Hey, they would be like, Oh, do you want to buy oh, for this month? You're like, yep. Or even an annual membership. Well, yeah. Um, but it, it just depends. Right. So, um, yeah, just remember to cancel things. I hate auto before, renew on everything. I don't think there's any exception. but yeah man uh dude i don't know i think the current state of gaming i think there's a lot lot of whiners out there um a lot of entitled people (laughs) who feel like uh because an option is available they should be able to buy it or have it um no no i like having options um, and if you're not willing to pay the price, then that's fine. You don't have to have the top tier, top everything. Okay. Make the decision for yourself. If it's worth it to you, if it is worth it to you, don't complain about it. Just do it. If it's not worth it to you, then don't buy it. No one is making you buy this. Missing out on the first four days of a game. Isn't going to hurt you. It's not going to matter 30 days from now. You know, I coming from someone who jumps into games one, two, three years after it comes out, it doesn't matter. Okay. Time will pass. You're going to completely forget that you didn't get those four days. Next year, if you're still playing Diablo 4, you're not even going to remember you didn't get those four days. And missing those four days isn't going to have any impact on your progress. So just settle down, decide if four days is worth 20 bucks to you or not. And let people buy what they want to buy and stop criticizing them for it and don't complain about the price. Um, because complaining doesn't change anything. Um, your wallet is what changes things. And if enough people are dis- if enough people tell Blizzard or whatever game company there is out there, if enough people say this isn't worth it and they don't buy it, then guess what? They will drop the price. It will go on sale. They need to make money. So, yeah, you don't agree with the price and don't buy it. And I was watching a, 
I was watching a YouTube review of somebody who was like whining about the prices and everything and talking about how like people can't afford it and blah, blah, blah. And, and I was just like, this guy's a whiny little baby. And I gave him a <laughs> thumbs down and I stopped watching that video. <laughs> Boo! <laughs> You're a whiner. Well, everyone's entitled to their opinion, right? And this is just my opinion. And I will say, I do complain about the price of games, but I don't buy them. That's the thing is my words I are consistent like with my actions. Was, you know, I see a lot better than I hear. And so does everyone else. So you can make a stink about something, but unless you're willing to not buy it, then it's just like, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I just didn't like how the guy was like, it sounded like he was playing the victim. And I'm like, I don't know. It was, it was, it was whiny. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> but Anyways, I think that's going to do it for us today. Uh, thank you so much for listening, everybody. Uh, if you liked what you heard, then leave a review and uh, shoot us an email uh, with your thoughts, your feedback, and if there are any topics that you are interested in, you can email us at potionpoppers at gmail.com. If you type in G-G-G-M-A-I-L, it will not go to us. Use for emphasis, gmail. Yep, potionpoppers at gmail.com. And we will see you in the next episode. Peace. Peace. You have been listening to the Potion Poppers podcast. If you liked what you heard, then leave a review. And hey, if you want to hear more, don't forget to subscribe and we'll catch you next time.